Merry Christmas. Welcome to you, to all who are part of the life of St. Luke's. Thank you for your faithfulness. To those of you visiting, seeking, St. Luke's is a place where you're honored wherever you find yourself on your spiritual pilgrimage. We're very glad that you're here. This is one of the great days in the, the life of the Christian church. Episcopalians uh, are a liturgical church, which means that they have a pattern, a formal pattern of worship that they follow, and that the course of the year it follows the life of Jesus. So just so you can keep this on ice and maybe amaze your friends, a little 3995 about the origin of the church year. The church year has two cycles. The first one is Easter, Lent, Pentecost, or Lent, Easter, Pentecost. That was the first one, and now we're coming into the second one, which is Advent, Christmas, Epiphany. And so in this season, in this short season of Christmas, we celebrate the presence of Christ to the church and we do some reflecting about what in the world does the birth of Jesus mean for humanity? How do we understand it? There have been many different narratives about that in the history of Christianity. So I'm going to offer one for you tonight that is a little bit different than the usual story. The birth of Jesus was not merely just for the purpose of saving us from our sins and assuring us of post-mortem bliss. The birth of Jesus has to do with the affirmations I'm going to speak about in just a few minutes about our role in God's plan for the cosmos. I use the word cosmos. It's a Greek word which can mean universe, but it's a fuller concept because it can mean order, it can mean orderliness, order out of chaos. But another way to translate cosmos from the Greek is ornament. Interesting for this time of year, Christmas. And maybe it's possible to say, since we believe our Christian anthropology suggests that we're made in God's image. And that we seek always, if we follow the Savior, to appropriate that image and live more fully into what we already are. So the season of Christmas, the incarnation, God becoming a human being, is about the affirmation of our humanity and how we seek both to recover it and to live into it. So every Christmas, I always preach about the four affirmations because these are very important and will follow us now as we move forward in the next several weeks. The first affirmation <clears throat> that Christmas speaks of is the goodness of our humanity. And so God becoming a human being is God's yes to you and me and a reminder that all of us are unconditionally accepted, loved, and forgiven. That that is the default position for all Christian people. And so we affirm the goodness of our humanity. The second affirmation that we speak about is that in Christ, you and I can achieve the highest 
of our human potential. I'm not speaking, isn't there somebody named Robbins or something who's something about you? That's not the human potential I'm talking about. It means we live fully into our humanity in Christ. We're all called to do that so that you can meet the goals of whatever vocational urge you have in your life. It is possible for you to become who you really are and that all Christian people are assisted in that process by the Holy Spirit of God. God coming in an inward way to enlighten and strengthen you. If somebody asks you, what does it mean to have the Holy Spirit or do you have the Holy Spirit? You don't, may not even think of yourself as a particularly religious or spiritual person. But the fact of the matter is you do have the presence of the Spirit of God, that deposit of your godly humanity made in God's image that comes to you in an inward way to enlighten and strengthen you. How would you know about whether or not you had it? It's listening for the still small voice that comes from within that you know is not your own. And we affirm on Christmas the importance of that. The third affirmation that we speak about is that it is possible. This is very important uh, this Christmas. We affirm that it is possible for Christian people to be joyful. There's been a lot going on in the last week or ten days in this country. And it would seem that it might not be possible to be joyful. So it's always important to remind ourselves that Christians understand joy not as some species of giddy hilarity, Snoopy, you know, joy. Joy as a spiritual quality, indeed a virtue, is the knowledge that the conundrums, the ambiguities, the uncertainties, the bad things in your life can come into surer and clearer focus as you center yourself in God and say, I wish now to see with greater clarity and definition God's purposes for me and how do I make a difference in the midst of great difficulty? How do I understand uh, bringing some order out of chaos? You need to think always of Christmas as the beginning of understanding ourselves as cooperators with God. Many people refer to the incarnation as God's rescue. And the various Christian faith traditions can mean different things by that. But what it means is, and here's both the paradox, the mystery, and the great affirmation is that the rescue has an element of reciprocity in this. You and I are part of this. You and I somehow count in this. It isn't some sovereign being by fiat making things all right. It's coming now and being in the midst of the world with us. I've been talking a lot about this for the last few weeks. You know... Uh, a lot of times the way we've been thinking and traditionally talk about Christianity is that we have Christmas, the birth of Jesus, and then we immediately, within a month or about two months, we go to Jesus being arrested, tried, 
crucified on the cross, rising from the dead and ascending into heaven. What's happened in the middle? What about the middle bits? So when we talk about the importance of God's rescue and our role in this, we're living in the middle bits. And actually, the season of Pentecost, the Green Sundays, is the time when we flesh that out and we begin to understand what is the nature, cost, and the ways and means of Christian discipleship. How do we live and what must we do? You know? It also is a time always to think about, if not us, who? If not now, when? About a lot of things. The fourth affirmation is that the default position for Christian people is that we are to be people of peace. And as I mentioned to you earlier, maybe this is a Christmas in a long time where being people of peace is more important than it's been uh, for, for many at the personal level. I, I know you're doing this. I hope this Christmas you hold your family tight, close to you. It's important to do that. And we've learned those lessons in that sense. So this week, when you think about Christmas, remember Christmas lasts for 12 days. It goes till Epiphany on January the 6th. Now, I can remember as a little boy, I wasn't raised as an Episcopalian, but when we got all the presents open and the stuff thrown into the fireplace... My grandmother or some family member would say, well, there's the end of Christmas for another year. Christmas is over now. It's behind us. And my grandfather would say, don't throw any of those envelopes into the fireplace. You might burn up some money. That's lining up your priorities in a good way, isn't it? To do that. Now, when we talk about being peacemakers, what that means in the Bible and what Jesus meant when he spoke about it was that he was a representative of and called the people who wished to follow him to practice and to make present to the world the shalom of God. That is a word that has much more power and depth of meaning than peace in English. Here are some definitions. Uh, from the Hebrew word, shalom. Completeness, wholeness, health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfectness, fullness, rest, harmony, the absence of agitation or discord. The shalom of God is the willingness to bring the peace of God, which passes all understanding, to our relational life externally, to make a difference, to bring health and wholeness to relationship, and also to bring that, that peace as an interior state, something that operates on our emotional, spiritual, and mental states. So that it provides the opportunity for us to maybe... Uh, keep the committee that lives rent-free in our head at bay. Right? To cope with your de interior demons a little bit more easily. To be a little 
less anxious in the midst of the anxiety and reactivity of other people. That's what the shalom of God is. So as we move through these 12 days, think about the four affirmations, the goodness of your humanity, the ability to rise to the highest of your human potential, the importance of understanding that you should be a peacemaker, and that it is possible for us as Christian people to be joyful. You know, if we make just that much more progress in those things personally, uh, we can really make a difference. Amen.